Hour number two, Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah with you. If you missed hour one of the program, final thoughts on the uh, Stanley Cup finals, Vegas beating the Florida Panthers in five in what was a rout. They tripled up the Panthers in game five, nine, three, the final and skated to their first ever Stanley Cup win, doing it in just six years of existence. Quite a few teams not loving that, but that's their problem, not Vegas's. And also, Kevin Woodley joined us, plus a big off-season primer on your Vancouver Canucks. What are the priorities? What needs to get done? What will get done? How will they open up cap space? When will that happen? What are they looking to add once they open up? that cap space so check that out now available on podcast with your favorite podcatcher subscribe to canuck central that way you never miss an edition of the show of course all of the post-game shows are on the podcast feed during the course of the regular season and playoffs if the canucks ever get there also exclusive interviews and inside info for you the canuck super fan to enjoy but it is a wednesday so you know what that means it's time for overrated or underrated here on Canuck Central. Yes, overrated, underrated. You know how it goes. You give us topics, and we tell you if they are overrated, underrated, or on the off chance, if we're feeling Switzerland about it, perfectly rated. By Switzerland, I mean sit on the fence. <laughs> Do that it. That wasn't obvious already. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, every once in a while, you may have to, you, you need a good fence sitting. Sometimes you yeah. just can't, you know, be informed enough to give a good opinion. Yes, that's fair. Uh, we've got producers uh, Eddie Gregory and Ben Bassron with us here today. All right, what do we got for uh, for overrated, underrated today, fellas? All right, I guess uh, I'll be uh, throwing out the topics. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. Okay. Uh, so th- this is uh, sort of what I was alluding to at the start of the show. Like Vegas didn't have a ton of draft picks in their lineup as they skated to a Stanley Cup win. They had mm-hmm. just the one. The only drafted player on their roster last night was Nick Hank. But... At the end of the day, first round picks, I don't think. Look, they can never be. Listen, first round picks are. First round picks are overrated. I said it. They're overrated, Dan. It's okay (laughs) to say they're overrated. It's okay. And I'm not saying go and trade them all willy nilly. They're not all created equal. That's the thing. They're not. First round picks are more valuable in trade than they are with the player you select, generally speaking, unless you have a top 10 pick. That's when it's like, okay, this is more value in it. And actually, you go back to tops like six, seven, eight, nine, right? Once you get outside like the top 10, top 12, the value diminishes. And if you can get a top end player back in return for a first round pick, if you, it's probably worth it because most first round picks from that 15, 20 range, 30 range ain't really doing much for you. So Sat has just gone full less need and said, F them picks. Yes, pretty much. And not quite, <laughs> not quite. And again, like I'm not suggesting, you know, don't have a plan and just go trade the first round picks for no reason or whatever. But 
Yes. Yeah, I think if you're making tra- identify good young players that fit a plan, a fit a, a system you're trying to build that is within a right timeline, yeah, I think people should be more willing to make those types of deals. Uh, what are you doing with your first round picks? Who are you acquiring? If you're not using it on the on the on the prospect, who are you acquiring? Are you identifying that player well? A lot of times we've seen that teams don't identify that player well. And Vegas, they did. You can't like you can't say that they swung and missed on a ton of guys when they went out and acquired them. Right? Like, hey, Mark Stone wants to be a Vegas Golden Knight and he's not re-signing with the Ottawa Senators. Cool. Let's go and trade everything to get him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh Jack Eichel, uncertain situation. Nobody wants to really commit to this surgery that he feels in his heart is the best for him to get back to where he needs to be. Sure, we'll be that team. Those are big, bold moves, bold things that Vegas did and then used their first-round picks to their advantage. You know, they collected a bunch of them in the expansion process, and I believe they thought they were going to use them. You know, they, they, they assumed that they were going to have to take a couple of years to build. Then they got into that first year. They're like, Hey, we're a lot better than we thought. Now let's just use these picks to go out and get actually good players and add to what we've already built here. So uh, to me, first round picks are always an asset, whether you're using them to draft a player or you're using them in trade first round picks. uh, To me, they can't be overrated because they're always going to help you build a better team in whichever way you are using them. Well, Richo, that leads us into our next over and underrated question. Trying to model your team after the most recent Stanley Cup winner. So Vegas is using these picks. Should other teams be giving away these picks to get proven players to help them win? Overrated. I said, yeah. <laughs> like, trying overrated. to emulate a team that wins a Stanley Cup is the most overrated thing ever. It's like, let's try to be like the Cup winners. Like, yeah, no... I almost said, like, yeah, no kidding, obviously. Like, everybody wants to be, like, a cup winner and build a team that way. It's about, you know what it is? It's about building a team that doesn't have holes. that's what it is. Like, that's essentially what it comes down to. Can you have a team that you can run out three lines and a fourth line you can at least live with? But do you have that option? Do you have three D pairs you can trust? And do you have a goalie you can trust? You have those things, you have a chance to win. And you have a coach that coaches the right way. So I think those are the things we have to look at. We get so caught up in like, let's make the same type of deals Vegas was trying to do. Let's go and do what Colorado did. Let's go and become the next Tampa Bay Lightning. It's like, you can't go and try to change your path every year to try to do the things those other teams did. Just try to build a good hockey team that doesn't have holes in it. That's essentially what it comes down to. Like, We overcomplicate team building so much, and it's ridiculous, honestly. If you... um... It's 100% overrated. And I think a lot of GMs get caught up in doing this type of thing. Yeah. That's why it's so often talked about. Um, it's, it, to, to piggyback off of what you said, Sat, you can't like just decide how you're going to build the identity of your team and change it every single summer. Yeah. Like, oh, this summer we want speed and skill. Next summer we want more physicality. This summer we want to get better on defense and be bigger and stronger on the back end. Like, you can't just change every offseason because you're not building towards anything. You're changing what you're trying to build each and every year. And then you get three years down the line. Like, why is this a mess? <laughs> why well, you does know what, this become- make sense? 
I know I bring up my favorite soccer team way too much. You become like Chelsea, where you're building a uh, you're building a team for like five different managers in three years. Because for yes. every single manager, they bring one or two players in who fits his style. When then what happens after four years? You have like ten different managers, and you have like thirty different players who don't fit at all because you kept trying to change yes. things every year for somebody different. Now, you know that's a lot different than you know not having a salary cap or whatever. It comes down to have a cohesive plan. Have a cohesive plan. Right? And try to build a proper hockey team. And it's not that, like, we overcomplicate things. Can you have guys that can score? Do you have guys who can kill penalties? Do you have guys who can score on the power play? Do you have a few shutdown defensemen? And can you play a good system as a team? Like, yep. that's essentially what it comes down to. Can you repeat the things you do well on a consistent basis as a team? Sat should be a GM. <laughs> Just throwing that Fantasy out. Fantasy GM. Sure. <laughs> All right, next. It is overrated. Ooh. Overrated. You're using overrated all the time today. Overrated unless you have Vasilevsky, essentially, right? I w- but like I wouldn't. Even- I guess Vasilevsky. You know, he's the one goalie where he's making a bleep ton of money and he's won. Yeah. I guess Carey Price that one year in the bubble, you know, his knee held up and he almost carried Montreal all the way to a cup win, but it didn't end up happening. You know. More often than not, these massive goalie contracts have hindered a team's building process than they have helped it. And if you build a proper team in front of your netminder, it goes back to what Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin said at the end of last year. We can't have a hockey team that is completely reliant on great goaltending. It's not a way to build a stud team in today's day and age you know Patrick Waugh was a unicorn (laughs) and even him those cups he won with Colorado guess what they had an incredible team Mm -hmm. in front of him and he wasn't standing on his head as much as he did in the 93 playoff with the Montreal Canadiens so like the more you look at the history of the National Hockey League and yeah you need great goaltending to win a Stanley Cup that is an obvious point but teams that have won cups don't rely on a incredible goaltender or don't solely rely on an incredible goaltender. That's why there are so few goalies that have actually won the Conn Smythe throughout history because guess what? If you're building a team that's good enough to win the Stanley Cup, your goalie's not the only great part of your team. So percentage right now of the cap, with yeah, yeah. right six, now with this six. cap, yeah, it's between five and seven million, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say I put the number so right now, uh, Thatcher Demko makes up six percent of the cap at five million. Yeah, I think that's about the right number. You know, like I don't want to spend more than about seven million total on goaltending, and that includes a backup goaltender. You know, like you know, can you do five and two? I'm not against that. If you have the right backup, you can rely on. I'm not against having six and one. Six is kind of the number I'm, kind of my top for goalies. Now it all depends yeah. on circumstances, but if we're giving you know, six, six is a number for me unless you have Vasilevsky. Yeah, at the high end, that's yeah. between five and seven million. That's what I'd be comfortable paying. And I, I don't the think there's a goalie. Six. Yeah, I don't think there's a goalie in free agency this year that I'd be willing to spend that on. 
No. Truly. No, definitely not. Not in free agency this yeah. year, no. And, and again, like, we're not doing the Thatcher Demko thing, but, like, he's here for three more seasons, right? This season and two more after this. Unless you get him on a on a bargain-cheap deal, I'm not extending Demko at 31 to a big contract. Yeah. Hear you on that. All right, next. Overrated, underrated. Rogers Arena guardrails. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly overrated. Uh, I think yeah. that's caused a lot of consternation for the team, to be honest. Because obviously it's a pretty bad, you know, it was, you know, we all saw the optics of it, you know, not great, yes. you know, big, big moment. And thankfully nobody was seriously hurt, but still bad enough that I think it's, uh, it hasn't been a fun, fun few days dealing with that, I don't think. So I'd say underrated, I'd say uh, un- underrated <laughs> railings. We never knew railings were this underrated. <laughs> yes, uh, guardrails underrated. Um, was anybody at the UFC event? I mean, no. from us, you mean? Yeah. No. I don't, I don't think any of our office was there. Interesting. No. I mean, I like UFC, uh, but I've So been, we I didn't was... cause the guardrails to fall. <laughs> That's definitely true. Uh, we were not being rowdy. It is. Uh, it, UFC, definitely something you should uh, you should go out and watch if you haven't watched a UFC event in the past live. I know it wasn't the greatest card, so I'm not really hammering people that didn't go necessarily for this one because it can be expensive getting out tickets and everything else and inflation in this economy. I get all those takes, but and it wasn't the greatest card. But mixed martial arts, always a, a fun event to attend in person. Oh, yeah. yeah. I went to the first 100%. UFC event uh, in Vancouver many years ago. A lot of fun. One of my buds was on that card, I think. Uh, really? Alex Ricci. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Alex Ricci's your buddy? Yeah. <laughs> Not even lying. I've been to, I had a Mexico trip with Alex Ricci a bunch of years ago. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this has come up in conversation right now. So let's That's move the on. first time I heard it. My buddy, Alex Ricci. I didn't know you had to have buddies in the MMA world. <laughs> Dan Ricci's influence stretches far and wide. You never know, man. Woodbridge is a big place. Small town, big big place. Uh, All right, next. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I got a take on this. Overrated. I I actually despise retiring numbers as a philosophy. I I hate it. Like, could you imagine in soccer not being able to wear number nine for a club because, like, we retire the number? (laughs) It's ridiculous. You know, I'm all for, um, um, you know paying homage you know putting somebody's jersey up there and putting their name up there and creating things for them or whatever i think retiring numbers is, is silly the fact that nobody can wear number 19 in vancouver i think is silly i think it's silly you can't wear number 10 in vancouver i think it's silly you can't wear number 16 in vancouver i think it's silly you can't wear number 33 i think it's silly you can't wear number 22 like how many like it's gonna be like 92 94 95 yes no well yeah i still think it's silly because you're still paying homage to the man like i think keep the yes. numbers like i, I think you can still pay homage to the guy by, by paying tribute and saying, I'm going to wear this number because of Jackie Robinson, because of these athletes. Same thing, like the NBA didn't, didn't take away number 23, and I think that, that was the right move. You can wear number 23 in the, the NBA. Miami they, did, they did for a time, and then they were like, this is dumb. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's let people wear did 23. Miami Heat retired number 23 for Michael Jordan, and he didn't even play for Miami. I know. He just owned them all the time in the well, playoffs. Nobody for the New York Yankees can ever wear a single digit anymore. Every yeah, single yeah. digit number for the Yankees is retired. That, so that, uh, That's crazy, though. 
my uh, my beloved old lady, you know, they, they don't, uh, Juventus, they don't retire numbers. Soccer teams don't retire numbers. No, they don't. Um, but you have to be a certain kind of player to be able to wear the number 10. Yes. Like, you have to be the best player on the team to get 10. You don't get 10 yes. just because you want number 10. Like, it has a yeah. certain, you know, prestige with it. Yes, exactly. And I, I do kind of like that. Like, we're not giving yeah. the number, we're not giving our, uh, you know, <laughs> you're the best player on the team number unless you're the best player on the team. So, yeah, like if you're I'm, a rookie, like, that. yeah, like unless you're like a fantastic rookie, you come in, you don't get like 16 to me is like one of the, 19 is one of the best numbers in hockey, I think, you know, and I think 10 is a great number in hockey. And these numbers, you can't yep. wear them as Canucks anymore. I don't know. I, I think the retiring numbers thing is, is very silly overall. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The... Yeah. Retirement nights are great. Look, you can honor a number, throw it up in the rafters, throw that player name up in the rafters. You don't have to retire the number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into like leaf history, but Dave Keon, his huge spat with the Leafs for so many years was because they wouldn't retire numbers. And he was like, how dare you not retire my number? It's like, what, what do you mean? It's so preposterous. The whole thing's, I, mean, I get it. Like it's part of North American culture or whatever. But yeah. I mean, anyways, let, let people right. wear the numbers. Come on. Somebody in their car yelling too much Leafs. All right. I get it. <laughs> Next. A good text in about the Canucks. Overrated, underrated. The structure of Rick Tockett for the brief time we saw what the Canucks were able to do heading into next season. Oh, overrated, underrated? Oh, overrated. The structure. I think anything we. Oh, yeah, I think it's all. I mean, I think structure is underrated. I think anything we saw from the Canucks is generally overrated. So you're not believing in the 100 point pace from the, the Rick Tockett era Canucks? No. It's, it's, what I need to believe <laughs> is you can. You can be professional through training camp and start off doing the right things from day one. And we haven't yeah. seen that in two years. So until I – well, three years, sorry. Excuse me, three years. So, like, until you show me that, I'm not going to – I'm going to say overrated. And even, you know, he himself said the same thing. Like, it's – you know, it's one thing to finish strong and all this. It's another to have the right mentality all year long and all that. I like a lot of the things that Talkit preaches. I'm all, all on board. But I think any notion of it sinking in and they figuring it out and this, this, is, this is now it – you got to still show me the way the Canucks went about like getting results at the end of the year was underrated. You know, they played a more sustainable way of winning hockey, but the way that this team has performed, you can never expect that to carry over into next season. And for all the reasons Sat just mentioned, I mean, there's the wool's been pulled over our eyes too many times. And there is an element of this was September baseball for the Canucks. You know, like we're out of it. We're kind of just happy to be here. Let's show the coach like we can be good at certain things, getting his good books. And then we're off for the summer and we'll figure it out when we come back in September. Uh, Like there's just there's too much downside to what we've seen from the Canucks in the last two starts of their seasons. And I'm just I'm not willing to buy anything that I saw in March and April because fool me once, fool me twice, you know, all those things. Yeah. Next. (laughs) 
Uh, slip-on shoes. So I mean, Underrated, I love. I see. I love Birkenstocks personally. So I, I'd say underrated. Yes. You're a big Burks guy, hey? Not to say big Burks guy. Like I'm more of a sneaker guy, as you guys know. Like I, I like to have different sneakers and, and wear them. But you know, when it's a nice hot day in the summer and just being able to easy to slip on, 100. percent Like they're comfy and yeah, man, all four I... slip-ons. But I'm not big so on do... the slip-on style, though. The style of people wearing <laughs> slip-ons with like clothes and stuff, and it's like becoming part of your style. I'm not sure about that, but I don't think I could ever wear Crocs. You know, like, they're for just... the kids now, man. Like everybody that wears <laughs> Crocs, they're like you know, wear Crocs. You can't, but they're all like teenagers and like you know, people in their 20s wearing Crocs or whatever. Like I, I saw my you know... nephew wearing Crocs. I was like, what the heck are you doing? I've been away from you for too long. <laughs> Oh, dude! Oh I see God. people. I see people at the gym wear Crocs all the time, and they have like little uh, decorations like on their decorations Crocs. and pins and stuff on their Crocs and everything like that. And <laughs> I know all like younger people in their twenties or whatever that you see. So I don't think I can wear Crocs because you remember the Crocs used to be like an old man shoe before. It's like you wore it because like oh you don't care. Now it's become the young person shoe. So if, so if I'm like wearing Crocs as somebody who's almost forty, I want to look like I'm trying to be <laughs> right. So exactly. Like- my uh, my Air Force Ones are basically slip on. Like I haven't had to tie them in forever. <laughs> I just like, use a shoehorn. I, I just use a uh, <laughs> no. I just you don't slip no. them on. I'm a big shoehorn uh, guy. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's like it's part of the like plus thirty five package. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Big on. I do. I do now. I do. <laughs> Shoehorns, honestly, they're they're fantastic. Especially if you have like sneakers, if you have them nice and tied nicely or whatever, and you want to slip them out yeah. and you want to get back in without untying them, use a brilliant invention. It Who's really the guy is. that invented the shoehorn? You know? Probably the same guy you're invited invite sliced bread. <laughs> Just a brilliant, brilliant invention. I like. Okay, here here's the the deciding factor on on slip on shoes. Has any of the Tony Romo Sketcher commercials? gotten you to buy slip-on sketchers no 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 all right so slip-ons are overrated <laughs> somewhat uh, my... <laughs> the shoehorn very smart inve- underrated invention minor Matt abbotsford i'm a major croc guy and uh i'm 41 and he wears socks with his crocs yeah oh. it's tough matt the tough style that is rough. rough. <laughs> uh, all right. We got any more? We got one more you shoe one. We're related okay. to right. shoes. From Tommy and East Van. Slippers. They're very comfy. They're slip-on, yep. obviously. In the winter. Overrated or underrated. Slippers. Dude, overrated, man. Your feet get cold, plus they get wet. If it's, well, I mean, you probably don't wear them when if it's wet, but you know what's underrated? Keeping your feet warm in the wintertime. Like, honestly, like the biggest key to staying warm is having warm feet. I yeah. Find. Well, I shouldn't Wait, wear them. So you, you don't think that slippers keep your feet warm? I don't think in a cold day, like a real cold day in the winter, I don't know if slippers keep your feet warm mm. outside. I. Uh... What about around the house? Sure. Yeah, I'm a big around the house uh, slippers guy. Got my uh, Saturday ritual. Wear them uh, for every Juventus match day. It's great. Yeah, 
I got these yep. like big like house wool socks for Christmas last year. <laughs> there you go. They're too big though. They're like, I don't know. That's very superstitious of you though, Dan. Sat would not approve of that. I do not approve no, of superstition. No. <laughs> Match day slippers. They're a real thing for me. Okay. Uh, all right. That's it for overrated or underrated. We'll get to some overflow in the next segment and and maybe some U.S. Open picks, Canadian men's oh, national yes. team. And you've got to hear uh, Mookie Betts talk about his travel kitchen <laughs> for when he's out on the road with the L.A. Dodgers. That's coming up next on Canuck Central.